0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Right into this world All alone you Gotta take your soul You're on your own A crow cramp-
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Weigh-In Sports Talk. I'm your host, the one and only Brian Tarvin, and welcome again to the show. It's hump day, it's Wednesday, it's the best day of the week, one of them, because only two more days left in this long work week. And what this means is we're closer to college football, so thanks for everyone for joining us. Go ahead and give the call-in number tonight, the call-in number 646 716 5564, join us in our chat room. Follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. And just call in, again, 646 I'm very happy tonight's guest, Coach Derek Lett from Tennessee. He's going to talk some college football with us, discuss what the balls are doing in the offseason to, to get this team ready to make a run in an SEC championship. Uh, get his opinion on some other things in college football. Coach Les, one of those guys, He he's down to earth. He loves to talk football. He doesn't care what kind of football we're talking about, as long as we're talking some football. But I'm I'm sure the closer we get to the season, the more he'll, he'll unveil to us about his team. But I'm just excited to have him, and I'm sure we'll have some callers in tonight. Trey Patterson, our, our fine co-host, is still at work tonight. He's not going to be able to join us. So you got me, you got whoever else calls in asking questions, so if you can tolerate me for this long, just buckle up and enjoy the ride. I don't want to offend anybody tonight, but I probably will. I mean, that's just part of the course right now, this time of season. There's a lot on my mind, a lot on the plate out there. I just have to I have to talk about it, and let's start off in the NBA. I mean, we're not going to talk much NBA, of course, it's a college and NFL football show, but... We have to discuss it. I have to ask the question, where are the Miami Heat fans right now? I have not seen them in a while. I mean, I'm mean, i looking on Facebook. I'm looking at my message groups, and all of a sudden, the Miami Heat fans have disappeared. I don't, I don't know where they are. If you have any idea where the Miami Heat fans, please direct them to this show. I'd love to talk to them. Uh, they're you know they're so confident right now, or they were before this series, that LeBron James will be coming back to Miami. But I'm telling you, if I'm LeBron James right now, there's no way I'm coming back and playing with a lazy Dwayne Wade. And and he's not lazy because he he wants to be. He's beat up. The guy's taken a beating over the years and playing in the NBA. He's an aggressive uh, rim attacker. He goes to the goal. Uh, every time with passion. He, he plays hard, and it's finally caught up with him. You cannot do this every year and play at the, at the level he does. And I think we have old Sonia with us. Sonia, is that you? How you doing? Welcome to Way In Sports Talk.
3: What's up, Tarvin? It's myself and the Angry Gopher. <coughs> What's up, Tarvin?
2: How you doing, Jason? Thanks for joining us tonight. I was, I was lonely over here. Trey just messaged me and said he couldn't make it, so I was like, okay, well, let me – Go on some rants tonight till Coach Led gets here.
3: <laughs> well, we'll rant with you.
2: Where is, Jason? Let me ask you, where are the Miami Heat fans at? I've been looking for them all over the place, and, uh, man, you cannot find them anywhere.
4: No, they went ahead. They talked a lot of smack, so that's what happens. I was neutral. Well, I
2: think. I'll ask both of you the question, and this is a legitimate question, and, and I can argue it more that he'll leave. Sonia, is LeBron James going to be in a Miami uniform next season, or is, is he going to go somewhere like Cleveland where they have a lot of youth talent and he can play and maybe win another championship? I don't see him winning in Miami anymore.
3: I don't see him going back to Cleveland. <laughs> I see him, if, if he goes anywhere, he's going – Jason has a great theory on this. He's going to go up there with Phil if he goes anywhere. But I'm, I'm kind of like Jay. I see – Wade or Bosley even before LeBron,
4: Tarvin, if Melo stays in New York, I guarantee you in two years LeBron will be up in New York playing for Phil.
2: Wow. I mean, it's a big city. Imagine uh, how many jerseys he could sell, how much money he could make in New York.
4: Think about it, Tarvin. Five-year deal for Jackson. Three of those years he'll have LeBron, Melo, and whoever he brings in to surround those two. So LeBron will basically walk into a championship-ready team just like Jordan. And Phil will get three more rings, LeBron will get three more rings. Why wouldn't he do it?
2: I have a question for you, Jason. Uh, You know, I heard some interesting debates this week, some questions. Who's the better coach, you think, between Popovich and Phil Jackson?
4: Ah, you can't compare either one. They're they're the best at their craft for what they do. They're equal to me. They they both had different styles of coaching, but they are both at the epitaph of that level for that style of coaching. Um, You know, as far as wins and championships, how can you argue Jackson? But Pops is right up there. He's
3: more low-key... He's that sneak up on you. He's that sneak up on you. I mean, to me, if you're going to compare two coaches, it would be Riley and Jackson. That's who I think of. Those are the two coaches when you think of, when somebody says stellar NBA coaches, those are the first two names that pop in my head. Now, have there been other great ones? Of course, but those are the two that most people will remember. And that's because they had that, you know, it's like you've got Phil's the guru and and Pat Riley's the the snappy dresser, you
2: know. Well, Jason, you made a good point this week. I think it was you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you came out and congratulated the Spurs, and and one of the teams that did it the right way. They didn't go out and and try to buy championships. They built championships, and they kept their core in place, and they they added the role players. They they played above what anybody expected them to. I, I believe you said that, didn't you, Jason?
4: Yeah, you know they they buy into the team. You know, they asked Duncan, you know how how did how did they get everyone to buy into the team? And he goes, it all started with with pops, and then the big three, and then everyone else just followed Duncan, and they all bought into it. And I mean, just just think about the consistency of what the Spurs have done for the past 15 years. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it is, I and utmost, I think I have the utmost respect for the Spurs. I really do, and I'm happy for Duncan.
2: Sonia, I think sometimes we, as NBA—I mean, I'm not a big NBA fan, trust me—but I think sometimes we get caught up in all the hype and the stars, and and I think San Antonio is the most underrated team that's ever won this many championships. Don't you agree?
3: I do, and Jason is the one. <clears throat> excuse me. I had boycotted the NBA, and I think most people who listen to the show and, and have heard me on here know that I've, I've got my my personal NBA boycott going on. I only really watched it during the um, the playoffs and the championship, if I watch it then. But it's mainly because of the fact that all of these teams, we went away from a team element like we saw with the Celtics when you had a team, the 76ers, the Lakers. I mean, when you thought when you named the Boston Celtics back in the day when we were watching, it was not just Larry Bird and them. It was Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson. Bad boy. Yeah, you know what I mean? You got the bad boys, so mm-hmm. so you you knew more than three players' names. There was always that one standout but you knew all of them. And once we got away from that and it got into this we're going to just have one star player and and bring him and try to build a team of mediocre players around him, and it just, I totally lost interest. Plus, with the greediness and the two strikes over more money than most people make in their lifetime, I I was sick of it. But right now, I love the fact that that some teams are going back to that. And to me, with the Spurs, there's two ways to win a championship. One, you can buy it. Okay, and what Miami did better than anybody else is they realized that they had to get talented players in, so they had to spend money in order to win, and that's what they did. Did it work? Yes, they won two championships. But on the other hand, what the Spurs did is the Spurs were like, okay, we're not going to go out and get three, four, you know, three players that are good or two players that are good. We are going to steadily build a team of players, get a good coach, and we're going to win as a team. When I look at the Spurs from the little bit I saw of the championship, like I said, Jason watched it more. When you saw the Spurs play, with, when it was Tim and Ginobili and, and, uh, out there, they played as a team. There weren't any, any – there was nobody trying to do their own stats or trying to you know make their own highlight reel. They were playing as a team with the one goal we want to win. With the heat, you saw – Spurts of that, but then you see that selfishness creep in, and that's the thing that you got to watch when you're trying to buy a championship. There's too many egos involved, and when you get those egos out there, they totally forget about playing as a team because it's like, no, I want to be the, I want to be the hero. No, I want to be the hero. Somebody has to give up that ego, and that's to me is that's the difference between the Spurs and the Heat, and that's why the Spurs are so underrated. But they're showing. That that team that that team mentality does work, and hopefully other teams will pick up on it. Yeah, Tarvin. How about
4: Ginobili, man?
2: <laughs> wow, I don't know where he came from, but wow.
4: And I caught so much grief before the series started because I had I said that the Spurs had big three and the Heat said big three, and someone just had to say how do you consider Ginobili a big three? Oh, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Well, guess
3: guess who showed up in the finals? Yep.
4: Ginobili. And guess
3: who made sure they went back to that that, in our basketball group and reminded that person? (laughs) Uh,
2: Exactly. I mean, Ginobili, if you think about the finals, think about his career when they needed a big shot. You know, he reminds me of, like, Robert Ori. It's like, Anytime somebody needed a big shot in a game. Robert Horry was there to win a championship. Ginobili's the same kind of player. I mean, I I, I could probably think maybe just a handful of players I would want to have the final shot, the ball in their hands, with the game on the line, and Ginobili's one of them. I mean, I know that sounds crazy to some people, but I have a lot of
4: faith in him, Jason. Oh, yeah, Paxson, Kerr, Ginobili, Horry. I mean, those are the types of people that are...
3: Oh, yeah,
2: and those are the ones you want. Well, I mean, tell us, you know, watching the NBA, and I'll be honest this year, it was more exciting this year, especially in the playoffs than it ever has been. Jason, You're did right the Donald it. Sterling, did, did it take away from the whole entire, did it just bust the bubble of the NBA? Sonny I'll start with you, this Donald Sterling fiasco, did it just put a, put a pin in the bubble?
3: I really don't think so. I really don't think that Donald Sterling did anything regarding the NBA. That was that was just like a, a side story, almost like Aaron Hernandez. Okay, did Aaron Hernandez affect the NFL? You know, oh. did him being arrested for murder or all the players being arrested affect the NFL? No, it's a side story. But what I think more people, I think more people are stepping up and saying, look. We are tired of the BS. We're tired of seeing no defense. We're tired of, what uh, What was that, the all-star game. Dude, when it was third quarter and it was like 120-something to 130-something, how do we get into triple digits in an all-star game? Oh, yeah, that's because people don't like to play defense. Yeah, that's right. Defense is existent in the NBA. And I think people are stepping up. They're tired of it. I think they're tired of the whole Uh, mystery of the the draft and and Cleveland getting the number one draft pick again and just all of this, I think people are just seriously getting sick of it. Because when you think about it, if you are a true sports fan, just say you love basketball, football, you love all sports, and you've got a certain amount of money that you can spend to go see your favorite team, what are you going to spend that money on? Are you going to go spend it to go see – Auburn play, or if it was Jason, are you going to go see Minnesota Gophers play football or hockey? In Jason's case, in your case, okay, are you going to go watch them play football or basketball? In my case, am I going to play watch? You know, go play uh, watch them play football. We're going to spend our money on what we like. With the NBA, there are so many bandwagon fans and so much BS going on. It's it's almost like wrestling now. You you don't know what's real, you don't know what's fake. Then you've got the players running. The fact that when Kobe Bryant came out and said that he wanted input on the next coaching hire, I threw up my hands. I was like, are you seriously Mm -hmm. kidding me? A player, that's like me going to my boss and saying, look, I want input into who we we hire as the next CEO. (laughs) People are just sick of it, and I think more fans are are getting like us. We're tired of it, and we're not going to spend our money on it.
2: I mean, the difference in college guys and NFL, pro, any kind of sport is usually the players shut up. They they play with passion. They play with heart. They're playing for something beyond. After college football, they're trying to make it to the pros. Jason, I, I used to like Kobe Bryant, I'll be honest with you. But over the past few years, I've really despised the guy. I, I think ever since that injury, too, he's, he's shown his ass more and more and showed the definition of what is – what it's not like to be a team player. Do you agree? I mean, is he being the biggest baby in the world?
4: No, I've never liked Kobe.
2: I can't blame you. I can't blame you. I mean, mean, he played with heart and passion, but, I mean, the whining and the the trying to run a team and, like, starting trouble with players, questioning how hard they're playing in the media – not not behind closed doors, but coming out and calling out players, calling out your coaches, getting them fired, acting like you oh. run the team. I mean, how, why did the Lakers pay all that money for Kobe? He's broken down. His career is really over. Why would they kill their team and pay millions of millions of dollars to Kobe Bryant?
4: Yeah, they were betting on um, people staying healthy and they lost. But, you know, Kobe, for me, Kobe really lost me when him and Shaq got into that little squabble before Shaq left for – you know Miami
3: and got another ring. And
4: got another ring
3: without Kobe. Without
4: Kobe, <laughs> um, I, you know I, I'd have to start off by saying you know I'd have to actually like the Lakers, which I don't. So you know I I don't know I the NBA you know and, and to put my opinion on the whole Sterling crap never liked the Clippers, never watched the Clippers, don't care about the Clippers. Doesn't affect my team. My team's still gonna suck, <laughs> and we'll see what we can get for Kevin Love. That's where I am. Well, I'm happy, Sonia, that the NBA is finally
2: over, and we can we can start getting into the more important things like football. What do you think, Sonia? I mean, are you ready to talk some football? Coach Let will be on in about 13 to 15 minutes. And college football is right around the corner. It's right around the corner. When you get into the double digits, it's right around the corner. I'm sorry.
3: Dude, I am so, so ready for football. And and let me, if, if Tarvin, if you don't mind, let me please, I just want to make a public service announcement to any of our readers, or I'm sorry, readers, (laughs) any of our listeners (laughs) who happen to be on Facebook and if you're in several sports groups like we are, can you guys please do me a favor? Please, please, please stop posting about the following subjects, okay? Number one, (laughs) Alabama's national championships. We're sick of it, all right? Had a post with 100 and something comments asking about a national championship, Alabama claims from 1941. People, that was 73 years ago. None of us were born, okay? Let it go. Second, please stop asking. Hypothetical questions like, who do you think would win if the 1976 Miami so-and-sos played the 1999 Florida Gators or the 1942 Minnesota Gophers played the 2012 Alabama Crimson Tide? Dude, stop. It's never going to happen. At least pick the same decade, okay? If you're going to do a question like that, at least put them in the same decade. This is a fantasy game in that you guys sit here and talk about and debate and discuss as if it really could happen. Stop, all right? Number three, stop asking the same people the same question, which is best running back of all time, go. (laughs) If you could pick the best quarterback, of this, this, this era, who would you pick? You're going to get the same answers, the same people are going to sit there and argue, and all of y'all are going to sit there and make people like me laugh because y'all are actually trying to debate personal opinions as, as if they're a fact. Please stop posting about that, okay? Other things we want y'all to stop posting about so we can get to real football talk, preseason polls, who's going to be in the national championship, who's going to be on the playoffs. I totally get it. I totally get being behind your team. I totally get wanting your team to go all the way. But, sweetie, it is, what, June 18th, it's June. It's okay? Sitting here and seriously, not just throwing it out, you know, talking just casually, but having a serious argument over who is going to be ranked what three months from now is the stupidest thing that you can do. So this is what I'm going to need for all of you guys to do, come up with new topics. There's still other sports things going on in the world. Go check Yahoo, Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports, ESPN, something. There's other news going on so you don't have to dig back in the past and keep talking about the same old dead horse topics. Right now, that horse is so dead. It is dead. I'm going to add one,
2: Sonia. I want to add one to yours. I am going to add one. And, guys, you're going to laugh when you hear this, but the most annoying thing on Facebook, if you look at these sports groups, they post a picture of a coach. Say, let's put Nick Saban. Name one word to describe this guy. I mean, really? I mean, I'm sick of seeing these hypothetical opinions of people. You said it it perfect, Sonia. You said it perfect. And, And you hear crying. You hear crying. Oh, this person is going to be in the Heisman Trophy race. Nobody
3: knows. Oh,
0: Alabama. We don't know what and and what really
3: gets me, Tarvin. I can respect. Okay, I am a die-hard Alabama fan. Okay, I as a little girl, I sat on Bear Bryant's lap. I would sneak into. We were we were unofficial ball girls and boys during summer practice. Great stories, great memories, great mementos. I am a die-hard Alabama fan. Trust that. Same with with Tarvin being a die-hard Auburn fan. But the one thing that I can do is I'm also a college football fan, so I can respect another team's accomplishments other than Alabama's and give them that respect. What I cannot stand is to hear people when they sit here and they want to talk about other teams or other coaches and down them as if they no, sweetie, Nick Saban, sorry that you hate it, but he is the best coach in college football. Get over it, all right? Other things, Auburn. Auburn might not be on an Alabama level, okay? Auburn's had their issues. But one thing Auburn has, Auburn does have a history of undefeated, you know, they, what is it, seven, I think you guys have, seven or eight um, perfect seasons or something like that. And then you've got three Heisman winners. So my bottom, The bottom line is don't sit here just because you're a rival fan and discount what another team has accomplished, that just makes you look like an idiot. That's not talking smack. That shows that you really have no idea what else goes on with other teams besides yours. Broaden your horizons and be the bigger person and be able to say, hey, no, I might not be an Auburn fan, but I can respect what they've done, you know, vice versa. So for somebody to sit there and post stupid stuff like that, I just shake my head. And, and Tarvin, we, what is it, you, me, Jason, all of us in our little crew, We just ignore people like that because if you can't even just acknowledge the fact that other teams have done something, you are not the kind of fan I want to have any sort of interaction or dialogue with.
2: Yeah, and this is the the time of year out there, listeners. It's trolls. I mean, that's all we see in, in anywhere, on radio shows and Facebook. But to sit here and argue whether Auburn should be number 5 or should they be ahead of Alabama in the preseason. You know what after week 1 if one of them loses, what does it matter? I mean, you never know anything about a team until a month into the season. But sitting here debating, trying to figure out who's the best. I mean, this is I mean, it's it's a waste of time. It's good to talk about it. It's good to to analyze the team, what's coming back, what they had last year. But one thing you you both know, one football season, you can have the exact same team the next year and, and lose five games compared to going undefeated the year before. Every year is different. Every chemistry is different per team per year. But it just, it just, Jason, you can tell me this. I mean, are you really trying to predict the Heisman Trophy winner right now in June when you haven't even seen these incoming freshmen play yet? It, it could be a JUCO transfer. It could be a true freshman win the Heisman, and nobody's even yep. talking about
3: Right. He he just stepped away, but he we were actually just talking about that yesterday because we were looking at some of these silly posts and just you know there's some that make sense and some that you want to comment on, but some just like you said they make no sense. And and he was saying the same thing. He said what really gets him is when people start the Heisman talk or or these awards or who's going to be this. You don't know if that player is going to be injured. You don't know if they're going to be kicked off the team. You don't know who's going to be a walk on and come in and just blow everybody out of the water. I mean. Look at, look at Auburn, okay, when I, when I think of, of teams who totally just surprised and shocked everybody, here's a team that was three and nine. Had you asked, we did this on your show when we did the preview of the schedule. Uh, nah, nah, and we all said, but you never know. You never know. When Gus comes back, you never know, but I really don't see it. Turn around, Auburn turns around, and they're in the national championship. Who would have predicted that? The year before last. So Nobody. that's the whole thing. And I'll let Jason answer the question now since he's back with our root beer floats. <laughs> the question he asked, me was as far as do you want to, I want to let you re ask him,
2: All right, Jason. Jason, you know, is, is it crazy, Jason, to be sitting here in June arguing about who's going to win the Heisman Trophy or who's in the running? I mean, well, we haven't seen. True freshmen come out yet? They haven't even got to camp. We haven't seen anything. But how ridiculous is it to talk about the Heisman Trophy in Chief
4: Oh, but they—they they, they all got to see the spring games over and over <laughs> and over, <laughs> over and over again. Nah, whatever. No, I—I I, you know, um, it's a joke. Even the the way too early preseason poll, I'm like yeah. whatever. I'm like whatever. I really I really save my judgment till we're four games in. Because mm-hmm. you I have mean, to see anything tell probably the third or fourth game.
3: I was telling what you said about. I was telling what you said about when we were talking the other day about you don't know if that player's going to be injured or kicked off the team or arrested and all these people we're talking about. Yeah,
4: there's a lot of there's a lot of time before a cat breaks and <laughs> they start playing games. <laughs> Jails yeah. are lonely. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: are right. Hey guys, we have Cuervo with us. Cuervo, welcome to the show, man, and 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 how much are you paying attention to these preseason rankings, buddy?
3: Hey Cuervo. Hey Cuervo.
0: Hey, what's up everyone? Good to hear your voices. Um How much do I pay attention to preseason polls? Is that what you're asking?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm asking.
0: Um, I pay attention to them as much as I pay attention to cricket. Does that answer your question?
3: (laughs) We're right there with you. I love Cuervo. (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh,
2: As as much as much
3: as I pay attention to the
0: World Cup, right, Cuervo? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Which I don't—you're missing out, I'm telling you, Tarvin. But yeah, I mean, the, the preseason polls are so silly because it, it's a popularity poll in reality. It's not oh, who do we actually think are the top 25 teams in college football? No, who are the top 25 most popular teams in college football? And that's yeah. why we always see the same teams in the top five, and the top ten, and the top fifteen. Because it's a popularity poll and you know, they can sit here and, and try and tell us till they're blue in the face that oh no, we 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 take into consideration uh, you know, players lost and recruiting and blah blah blah. Right.
3: <laughs>
0: I for a second. So I mean, I don't pay attention to it at all. I love to say, it's it's hard to <laughs> go,
4: go ahead number Dave. one. Go ahead. No, I would just love to see like a joke of a preseason poll, like truly, honestly, because what does it matter? Put my gophers at number one for just one week. (laughs) What what the hell would that hurt?
2: (laughs) I'm going to do that for you, Jason. I'm going to release my poll very soon, and I'm going to do that.
0: And, And it's just the
2: energy, the energy we waste, the energy talking about it, debating. I mean, it's fun. It gives us something to do in June. I'll admit that. But. Just think about it. if you were using that energy to actually study the teams and know what you were actually talking about when the season actually came here, you could make some money, you know, betting on some football games or something instead of debating Nimrods on the internet or, or exactly. on the radio about who's going to win the national championship this year. Well, I, I have a clue. You know, I could probably sit here right now and list four teams who's going to make the playoff, and I would probably get one, maybe two at the most right. There's always somebody, one or two teams, going to come in there and and do something that nobody thought about. So it's really you're wasting your time. Here's what I suggest. Study your own team, study your own conference, become experts in that, and by the season you'll have something to offer someone besides Oh, my team's my team's this, my team's that. Talk about other things besides your own, but man, I'm excited that, that we're three months away if we're even yeah, three months away from it. And you know what I'm mad about Cuervo? I have direct T V and there's no S E C network so far. I don't know if I'm about to cancel my service or what's going on. Does your provider carry the SEC network, Cuervo? And if if so, are you gonna get it?
0: Without a doubt, Tarvin. I'm getting that channel. Um no, I, you know, I, and I have to. I have to uh, switch providers here in September as well because, um, for those who don't know, I'm leaving Chicago in September, and they don't have Comcast Xfinity out there. So, I've got to switch my provider, and I'm hoping that the cable company out there in Cali has um, has the SEC network. And if they do, uh, yeah, you bet I'm going to get it because, I mean that's. I think it's a no-brainer. How, how do you not? How are you a college football fan and not have the SEC network? It's, you know, it's, it's the best conference that you know college football brings, and you know it's, it's the best. It's the best product that they have to offer. So, of course, I'm going to get well, it. Um, I'll, well, I'll be honest, Cuervo. I'm not
2: a. I'm, I'm an SEC fan, but I watch the Big Ten network a lot too. I like the network. I like the the games they show on it. been able to watch the Big Ten, so. I mean, if you do not carry this and you're a cable provider, Jason, I'll let you answer this, Jason. How stupid are you, and, and how many people are going to be leaving cable companies in the next couple of months? And and I, I think DirecTV could take a big hit if they don't make their mind up.
4: To be honest with you, Tanya and I will not die if Comcast does not carry the SEC network.
3: We're trying to get them to get it, though. <laughs>
4: <clears throat> uh, the angry gopher is on it but uh, yeah screw that I, would i would i switch to direct tv and then in the middle of a bama game it rains and we can't watch it no <laughs> so <laughs> yeah we're like right, right, we'll them. hey we'll find a way them. there's always
3: a way to watch those games it would be nice to have the sec network and i think Plus, Comcast is getting a lot of people asking for it. Plus, the first year is going to suck anyway. So.
2: <laughs> you're definitely right. Hey guys, Coach Lett, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, y'all stay right there just for a second. We have our guest with us right now on the line. I'm trying to bring him all my studios acting a little crazy right now. Coach Lett, welcome back to Weigh In Sports Talk. I hope you've you've had a great off season
1: so far. How we doing? I had a really great off season. Busy but great. And real quick, the SEC network is going to be top of the line. Whenever the SEC does something, we do it big. So it's not going to suck, trust me. So make sure you get a chance. If you got, if your capable of has it, get it. All right? So it's going to be a big-time thing. And actually, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, the hub for the SEC network is actually in, in Rocky Top in Knoxville. So the, the major network and everything being filmed would be in Knoxville, right on our campus, so it's a beautiful thing. They're finishing up building it right now. It'll be done in August, for in time for the season. And uh, the theme is that's going to be like New York Times Square, where you can see the studio from outside, <laughs> all the windows and glass and everything. It's really top of the line, and uh, it's, it's a big thing. Well, Coach, I think
2: Directv. I think they know me by name now. As many times as I've, <laughs> I've called, asking, asking, hey, when are you going to make up your mind? I need to, I need to make a decision and make it fast. But, but I don't know if you've heard anything about Directv for any listener out there. Do you think Directv will carry the SEC network?
1: That I can't be going to have no. Everybody who got a chance to carry will want to carry, knowing that. Uh... SEC is one of the premier leagues in all of college football, and uh, our fans are nationwide, even though our schools are in the south, fans are nationwide, so you figure that uh, every network or every cable provider would love to have the SEC network on their uh, channel listings. but everything's about the mighty dollar, I guess.
0: Well, again,
2: this is Coach Derek Lett from the Tennessee Volunteers joining us tonight live on Way In Sports Talk, and Coach, again, thanks for coming, and tell us tell us how it's been since the season wrapped up last season. You had recruiting; we, we've talked to you about recruiting. Tell us about how it's gone from recruiting the signing
1: day to now. Well, uh, we had like you know, like you stated, we had a great signing class on the top of the country. Fourteen of those guys participated in spring ball. to graduate high school early, been on campus since January, so we had a great spring ball. And uh, most of those guys are on the offensive side of the ball. So the offense took a really, 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 really big strides to spring ball. And uh, we're, we're pleased with uh, the strides that we did take. And now the defensive players who didn't come early in that recruiting class, they're on campus now. And you can start seeing the defense starting to take stride and the competition level uh, increasing on that side of the ball. So uh, spring ball went really, really well. We we found, found some more playmakers. Uh, a year, a year within the system now, so guys know the, know the, uh, our expectations, our standard, our practice habits, and uh, we had a really good spring ball, uh, 65,000 out of spring game, and uh, offense won, of course. But like I said, the defensive <laughs> players are here now, so it's going to be fun come uh, August August 1st when camp starts. And uh, right now, got all, all of our guys are here. They're training, they're working, studying, film. It's like it's a competition every day who can stay the latest. So we got to kick guys out and tell them to go home, get some rest, go get, go eat, study, things like that. So it's a good problem to have when guys want to learn football and study football all day, and uh, especially the young guys. Our young guys, oh man, they're just hungry right now, and just they're so eager to learn and and make it. They want to make an impact right away, and uh, we're we're very very excited about this uh, this upcoming. uh, training
2: camp in August. And I, and I know you guys are, are hungry. The, the players are ready to make a statement. Tell us, uh, you know, the first year you came in, uh, the weight training program the first season, how is the the training the second year? How is the weight room going compared to the first year you had it?
1: Much, much, much better. Uh, your first year in the program, you got to figure out who you can poke, who you can prod, and uh, – how much yelling you can do before you break a guy, you don't want to break a guy where they're just mentally done. So you, you got to figure out your personality routine and uh, what moves people, what motivates people. And since we've been here within a year now, we know what, what guys what make guys click and what get guys going. So now we're able to amp it up on certain guys and uh, motivate certain guys different ways. So the workouts have been even more intense now. They know our strength coach has Lawson, and his expectations. And guys are competing every day because the good thing about it and uh, the great programs all know this, that we have a lot of talent in the room at all positions. That competition bar has been raised. So now there's no more not getting that extra rep or not making your weight. Everybody's competing every day with each other, and that's why the great teams continue to be great because that competition in each position group is pushing each other in, in weight room. And conditioning, and studying film, and all of that. So it's pretty uh, it's pretty intense right now to to say the least.
2: Well, I mean, I, I I look at you know, and I try to ask when I'm looking at football teams to see who's going to be successful in the upcoming season. I always coach like to ask about the the weight and conditioning, and and that's how you really find out a lot about a team because. You know, in the SEC conference, you found out that you probably knew it, but last year, I mean, are the players buying in more now after they got to see a full season of what it's like to play in the SEC with this staff and now coming in this year? I mean, it's probably easy for them to buy in.
1: It's, it's much easier for these guys to buy in because they see that this this is the big boy league. I mean, the guys in this league are, are massive. Not only are they massive, they're fast. Not only are they fast, they're mean as all get out. So you got to be ready to play and give it every weekend. And the only way you're going to get that is by doing it every day in the weight room and trying to be the biggest, the fastest, and the strongest, and the meanest and developing that every day. And these guys, after going through the grind that we went through uh, last year, the gauntlet of teams that we played back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, just to make it through a season, let alone win, just to make it through a season, you got to be in very, very top-notch shape and to win these games, you got to be in much better shape than your opponents week in and week out. So these guys are really brought into the, uh, the system now, second year round, and uh, they're fired up uh, enough is enough, and they're ready to go.
2: Great answer, Coach. I'm going to bring Sonia. You're very familiar with Sonia. She wants to ask you a couple of questions right here, so I'm going to turn it over to Sonia. Go ahead, Sonia. Go Vols. <laughs>
1: Roll tie roll. Go balls
3: Go though. How we doing?
1: How are ya? I'm I'm doing real good, doing real good.
3: Good, good, good. Well, my question and it's it's funny because uh I was talking to Tarvin earlier today and we were actually talking about Tennessee, we were talking about Bush Jones and my question to you since you work so closely with him, we were just we were both talking about, um like I've always said, whenever we review the schedule, the Tennessee game is a game I don't care who you are, I don't care how bad Tennessee season is going, Tennessee is that team that can just show up and show out. So you never, ever take a Tennessee game for granted. And you guys are definitely, you know, less, if if last season is any indication, that's becoming even more and more true, you know, as the season wears on or as the years mm-hmm. go on. But my question is, at this point – since, you know, Coach Jones, he's come in, he's really made a name for himself. The, the fans, Tennessee's got one of the most loyal fan bases. I'll, I'll give them that. They're just like Bama, just like Auburn. You know, you have those really loyal fans, and I see the excitement coming back. I see the, the, the spotlight shining back on Knoxville. At this point, is he looking more, because there's always a point in a coach's career when they start looking at other coaches to figure them out so they, you know, know what to hit them with. Is he at the point where he's still focused on building Tennessee back up, or has he started, like, looking at the other coaches, like looking at the, the game film of, of Alabama and Saving and seeing, you know, what, what Tennessee could do to stop Bama's defense or, you know, looking at Georgia, looking at these other teams. Is he at that point yet?
1: Coach Jones is always studying uh, coaches from all – all sports, uh, he's actually studying basketball coaches right now and okay. their techniques they use in the, because if you watch a basketball game, especially college basketball in, in, the, in the playoffs or in the NBA, these coaches they coach every possession like it's the last possession and that's one thing we're really harping on here at Tennessee is every play is the last play and uh, Coach Jones, he always we're studying Tennessee from every team, like different ways that we can maximize our talent to beat the other schools. But at the end of the day, uh, it's about us, and Coach Jones makes, makes it known it's about us because we, we win for two reasons. One, we're going to play harder than anybody else, and two, we play for one another. Everybody run hitches, everybody run goals, everybody run cover two, everybody run cover four. So why, how are we going to beat these guys is we're going to get good talent, and our good talent's going to play harder than everybody else, and we're going to play for one another. And that's one thing Coach Jones harps on. And, uh, but he, we do do a, a very phenomenal job studying our other opponents and other coaches and uh their little nuances and because every coach is a creature of habit. And uh hopefully we could if you study film enough and right you could pick up a few things here and there that like hopefully win you one or two extra ball games a year.
3: I totally understand. I was hoping so he the reason I asked is because um I watched game film on ESPN U and his name mm-hmm. was actually brought up. Uh, as far as, like, the, the coaches to watch, you know, and the teams to watch, Tennessee was on the list, and they were talking about Coach Jones. And one of the guys, I'm not sure who the which host it was, but he mentioned that he had spent some time with him, and he said that he was like a, a game film guru. You know, he watched, like, not only Tennessee's, like, your game film, but he watched other coaches and other sports and other things like that. So I just wanted to know if, if it was that true. So <laughs> that's one question. Thank you for answering that.
1: It is true. Coach Jones, he, he, uh, I think sometimes he forgets that uh, there's life outside of that building because he, he'll lock himself in the room and just watch <laughs> film, and film and film and film and film and film. And it leaks down to us, but uh, he, he's a film junkie for sure.
3: Okay. Now, that kind of leads into my second question, and it, it sort of piggybacks off that one. Um, Peyton Manning has that same reputation. And, of course, he's he's a top Vol, you know, Vol graduate. Um, how, how active, because I know, like, with Alabama players and, and some of the Auburn players, too, they come back and they, they talk to the players and they, they give them, you know, give them support, they're on the sidelines at the game. How active are the, the, the Vol alumni when it comes to, the, the group of kids coming in, and, and do they work hand-in-hand hand with you guys? Or do they come in and try to offer tips and, and you know, things like that for you guys and also for the players?
1: That, that's so funny you asked that question. And uh, on Monday, uh, Paid Man will be back in the building, and uh, he's throwing with our wideouts. He does it every year uh, okay. towards the end of June. He, he comes for three days. He throws with all our wideouts and our quarterbacks. Three hours, three days in a row. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and next week, he'll throw with all, all of our guys. And uh, you want to talk about a, a very intense guy. And these are college kids. Now some of them are freshmen. Some of them are walk-ons. I mean, man is out there coaching them like this, like they're playing tomorrow on Sunday. And, uh, <laughs> he's always <laughs> So he, he, he's uh, he's 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 be back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Last year it was phenomenal, and uh, we had a couple walk-ons, and uh, you could just see the, the awe on their face. I'm catching the ball from Peyton Manning or I'm throwing next to Peyton Manning type deal. And uh matter of fact today Jamal Lewis was in the building. He uh sat down and talked with our running backs who Jamal okay. Lewis by the way still still looks like he could play. I mean he won't uh, talk about a guy with a with a big neck and big traps. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like he's still like he could play right now, so um Jason Witten just called Coach Jones two days ago and Coach Jones was decided to tell the team this especially our tight ends because and our, our uh, former players, they, they see what's going on in Tennessee right now, and they see the uh, the turnarounds going on, and right now we're hot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so J- so Jason went and called. And he's like, Coach, uh, two Wednesdays from now I'm going to be in Knoxville. I want to work out with your tight ends, get them ready. We're going to do routes. We're going to lift. I want two days with them. And uh, so we're excited about that. The guys are coming back and uh, working, not only just coming back and talking, but they're coming back working out with us. And that's a phenomenal thing. And, uh, one guy who's always around is Al Wilson. You want to talk about a very intense guy,
4: uh-huh. oh, my
1: goodness, Al, Al Wilson. He comes to top 13, and I'm ready. I'm 31 years old. I'm, I'm too old to play.
3: But uh,
1: <laughs> I'm ready to put, put, put my helmet back on and he's top 13. So.
3: <laughs> so they do come back. And I was wondering because I was just, you know, like I said, Brian and, uh, Brian and Jason and I were talking about it earlier, just talking about the Tennessee program and – how it's it's great to see even even as rivals, it's always great to see a team with a history like Tennessee come back. It's always great when it's more you know it's more competitive teams in the mix instead of the same three or four. So it's really good to see that. Mm-hmm. But I was just wondering you know if the not only the uh, the the fan base alumni, but if the, the players who had gone pro and all those guys come back. But that's awesome that they come back and do that. And I would do the same. So my next question is. Can you hook your auntie up the next time Peyton comes? Because I need to talk to him about my fantasy football roster. He's going to have to give me some points.
1: <laughs> I, I, I will see what I can do. But, you know, Peyton Man is a very sought-after <laughs> guy. Sometimes when he, he comes to town a lot that he doesn't tell anybody. I mean, it's kind of – I feel sorry for Peyton because he's such a, a icon mm-hmm. that if there's a rumor that he's in town, we have lines outside our building just to get a glimpse
2: of him.
1: And uh, – and we average around fifty to sixty thousand people at our ball walk before the game, three hours before the game.
3: Okay.
1: And one game last year, one game last year, somebody rumored that Peyton Manning was going to be leading the ball walk, which which was completely false. He actually had a game on Sunday out <laughs> there, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was like seventy-eight, eighty-one thousand, I believe it was out there because they thought Peyton Manning would lead the ball walk. So uh, wow. he made a name for himself. He's a global icon, and. Uh, we're welcome. You guys are glad, glad to, to have back. him as a ball.
3: Now, one more question. I saw the picture with Mike Tomlin because, of course, you know, mm-hmm. we, we got Lynn Swan on the other side as, as a relative. <laughs> so we got mm-hmm. that, that Swan-let connection. Now, what is his connection to
1: Tennessee? Uh, uh, him and Coach Jones are good friends.
3: Okay. Uh, Coach, Jones,
1: Coach Jones is a guy's guy. Uh, a lot of coaches love Coach Jones because he's a guy's guy. Okay. And, uh uh, when we first took over the program uh, a, year, a year and a half ago, uh, Coach Jones invited Coach Tomlin to see our facilities, and uh, it happened to be right around draft time. So Coach Tomlin used it as a business trip to look at some of our guys that were getting ready to get drafted and come hang out with Coach uh, with Coach Jones. Okay. And uh, so, so there's a connection right there. Coach okay. Jones I was, knows just, I was like, I don't
3: think he went to Tennessee, but I just saw him all around. So I was just wondering.
1: Yeah. Coach Jones knows everybody.
3: (laughs) Well, I want to make sure he knows me. I I really want to wish you guys good luck. It's exciting to see the things going on in Tennessee. We're very, very excited, especially for you. Um, And we will be up, and you're up. We'll wear orange. I will break down, as long as it's not against Bama. But I will wear (laughs) the orange, and I will learn the words to Rocky Top.
1: That may be the best song in the history of the music, Rocky Top. That's a great song.
3: Let's not go that far now, sweetie. I love you.
1: Now.
3: On. <laughs> hold on, Shauna, Hold on.
1: Let's <laughs> seriously
3: see what's going on now. Um, my last question, so I can give Darvin show back to him. My last question is: What should we as fans expect from Tennessee? If if you just had to sum it up, what can we expect to see this year?
1: You're gonna see the same effort and the same intensity. But bigger plays, more playmakers on both sides of the ball, and uh, this is a team that's going to continue to grow and develop throughout the uh, throughout the week, throughout the weeks, excuse me. And uh, the biggest thing we 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 hang our hat on is we're going to play harder than anybody else. So uh, one thing Tennessee fans can say is their team plays the hardest in the country, and uh, don't be ashamed to say it. We uh, that's what we hang our hat on, and we will be we will be the hardest-working team and playing team in the country. And uh, now we're going to add that with some big-time playmakers that we got in this recruiting class. I mean, wow, we got some guys now. We have some guys. And uh, hopefully <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day we have a chance to uh, win some more ballgames.
3: All right. Well, I have one more question, but I'm not going to ask because I know Cuervo's on, and he's a huge Tennessee fan. But, Tarvin, if we do get the chance before Coach Lett goes off, I do want to ask him one last question.
2: Okay. I'll bring you back. Coach Lett, you know, you know, I'm a big recruiting nut. I love recruiting, studying it, you know, year-round and everything. Looking at Tennessee's recruiting, uh, when are you going to be at the point? I, I, I think I know your answer to this. Well, you're having to turn people away. And, and I, I look at the momentum and everything you have, but you only can, can get so many players on a team. When will Tennessee be at that point where they're like, you better, you better sign now, you better – Commit now because player B's right here, ready to to sign the dotted line. Really,
1: we're uh, believe it or not, we're turning guys away uh, right yeah. now, at least uh, speak. Right. We, we we have guys calling, ready to commit right away, uh, all the time, and uh, unfortunately, it's early and it's it's a lot of some really good talent out there, and we're at a spot right now where we we, get, we have a good shot to get most of the top of the line of talent, and. Uh, and sometimes we turn away guys just because they're not our type of guy. It could be the, one of the best players in the country. But like we always say, we're going to build this thing the right way, and we may turn a guy, guy away for that reason because we're not in a spot where we're just going we to take anybody, no matter how good you are. If you're bad character, bad grades, red flags, we're not going to take you. Two years ago, we might have because we we just needed guys to hope to get us a win. Now we've got a program, we've got a foundation, and we're able to say, hey, no, you're not our type of guy. And, uh, but it, it's tough right now, especially uh, when you're churning away good talent. And uh, there's, no, there's no right or wrong answer, right or wrong way to do it. It's no cookie-cut, cookie-cut way to recruit. I mean, it's a little bit of guessing game, projection, estimations, and things of that nature. But we've done a phenomenal job so far. And uh, Tennessee is in the – everybody wants to play Tennessee. I mean, it's the best of the best. We have the best students in the country best coaching staff in the country, and everybody's try, everybody sees it. we got guys trying to jump in the boat that uh, we got to turn away.
2: Oh, that, that's a great answer. I knew your answer. That's why I said I think I know your answer, <laughs> but I, I knew what you were going to. That's a good place to be in when you you, you pick the players you want to pick and, and then you start building what you want to build. But I want your opinion on, on something that happens in the SEC. It seems like it's happening more and more. What are your thoughts of a player – uh, being booted off uh, another SEC team, and then just a couple weeks later, maybe going to another rivals. I just want your thoughts on that. No, nothing specific, no player specific, but just your thoughts.
1: That that's um, it's a touchy touchy subject. The SEC has a rule where I mean, any rule actually, any conference where you if you go to be one, you got to sit out a year. Um, we if we own your scholarship and we kick you off, we also have the right to say we're going to release you to a one a team or we're going to release you to every conference but the SEC. And the school itself feels like, okay, we just don't want you to be a part of our program anymore. Go anywhere you can that assign you. Great for you. Because at the end of the day, I remember these are 17 and 20-year-old kids who have made mistakes, who are young, and we are a country of second if We're... We're coaches, we're mentors, we're fathers, and we believe in giving people second chances. So we don't want to completely disable a kid by saying, hey, go, you got to go to Division IX or or, or what have you. But uh, it is a little risky business in my opinion. Uh, but you got to remember these guys were recruited by all the C schools as well. So they have a previous relationship with all other mm-hmm. coaching staff. So even though they may leave school A, Get kicked out of school A and go to school B. They they're very familiar with school B. B is very school B is very familiar with them. So they know what they're getting. And uh, as long as this guy's getting kicked out, and not guys just want to leave and then transfer and go somewhere else, kind of like basketball, if you will. I'm not playing, so I'm leaving and go down the street. Guys getting kicked out. Okay, I I, I get it a little bit. That's a, that's a great
2: answer it's i, I had mixed feelings about it but i just wanted to, to hear what you had to say and and my last really topic i want to get your opinion on is it's the first year coach of the college playoff and and i know as a coach and as a player you know going into the bcs days you're either one or two you know or you're, or you're playing for anything something else but now how how fired up is your team your coaching staff and the fans to know that Four teams are going to have a chance to compete for a national championship instead of just two.
1: Oh, it's it's great, especially being in the SEC and and going through through the gauntlet. And you you have one slip-up, you're pretty much out of the national championship race, and that's not right, especially when you're playing eight opponents that are all in the top 25. In the gauntlet that we had last year, four weeks in a row we're playing a top 10 team. And uh, you have one slip-up, you, now you can't be in that championship game. That doesn't make sense to me. And uh, the the college playoff is going to be uh, a great a great thing. I'm interested to see how it works out. I won't be surprised that three out of the four teams are from the SEC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, <hope so. laughs> I, I won't be shocked at all. But uh, it would be interesting to see how it plays out. I think at the end of the day, though, with the BCS, I think every year, the best team in the winning the whole thing at the end of the day, which is what you really want, the number one team holding, off, holding up the crystal ball. And I think in the past eight, nine, ten years, however long the BC has been in effect, I think for the most part they got it right. Maybe not number two right, but at the end of the day, I think the best team was always hosting that trophy.
2: And I think it makes it a little more exciting than I didn't like it, of course, being an Auburn man, but somebody besides the SEC won it one year. I mean, I I could see the SEC going on another seven-year streak or something like that and and dominating college football playoff. But, Coach, my my opinion, and tell me if I'm crazy, I think this this committee was put in place in the way this playoff because of what happened with Alabama LSU. Two SEC teams played for a national championship. Is there any chance at all that – that maybe this committee's put together to make sure the SEC didn't get two in the
1: championship again? Uh, I can't say yeah or nay to that. I know uh yeah. some of the other conference some of the conferences are kinda weird about the SEC and us getting two in every year. But uh because they they do have a leg to stand on. There's some good ball play being played in the Big Ten in the Pac twelve and the the Big Twelve and all of that. So they do have a leg to stand on, and uh, they they have an argument, So I I can see why they would try to do that or have a reason to do that. But at the end of the day, I'm an SEC buyers, of course, and I I think the best you got three of the four top teams in the country at all at all times in the SEC. And
2: it's year in and year out, coach. And and you're right. It's it's not like. You know, we just came in for a couple of years and did it. This is over a long period of time, and, and I think it would be, I wouldn't say unconstitutional, as Jay Jacobs said, the uh, A.D. problem. <laughs> I think it would be something wrong if two SEC teams didn't get it. You look at the schedule, you look at the out-of-conference, and I go back to Tennessee's schedule last year, Coach, looking at that gauntlet, and then you look at this year, it doesn't get any easier. You go to Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma, you play Bama. You play all these teams, Georgia, South Carolina. I mean, you, you can't punish a team like Tennessee for, for going to Norman, Oklahoma, a team that's on the rise and, and, you know, preseason number one. If you lose a game or two, you have to have some, some leeway. And I think this college football playoff is very exciting for fans. You are not just lose one and you're done. So that was a great answer. And, Coach, Sonia wanted to ask you one more question, and then I'll just wrap it up and and say my goodbyes. But I want to thank you real quick for coming on the show, and I'm going to bring Sonia on for a question, and we'll let you get out of here. Thanks for your
1: time tonight. I appreciate you having me. All right, Sonia, you're live.
2: Well, Sonia has disappeared. Maybe she's not. She's not. I'm on here. The okay, here. Go, Okay, go ahead.
3: Sorry about that. <laughs> I was saying thank you, Tarvin, and uh, thank you, Coach Lett, for coming on and giving us so much great info on, on Tennessee. It's just great to see that program coming back. Um, this question is more away from Tennessee and just is, is asking you as a former player and as a coach now. Julio Jones made a comment that some people were taken uh, taking the wrong way, but I totally understand where he's coming from, when he was asked, was there any uh, receiver better than he was and he said no there's nobody better than him and he says when you are when you when you play and you put yourself at a certain level you never put another man before yourself you always put yourself first you don't worry about what somebody else is doing you focus on what you you know what you're bringing to the field and he kind of said you know he doesn't go out and say okay, well, Calvin Johnson had this many receptions and this many yards and this many carries, so I've got to go out and excel and beat that. He's just like, I've got to go out and do what the Falcons need me to do. And it's so funny when you're reading the comments and you read the feedback how many coaches and players totally understood where he was coming from and fans don't. And I just wanted to ask you, did you understand where he was coming from, and do you see the similarities? Is that something that you guys try to instill in your players as far as don't compare yourself to somebody else, be the best that you can, and if somebody does ask you who's the best, is it yourself?
1: That's a, that's a good question, and actually we're going through that right now with our guys and developing our, uh, our mental toughness and our leadership thing, our leadership amongst our team. And uh, we don't we, we tell guys when we recruit them, if you don't think you're the best in the country at your position, we don't want you. Uh, coach Jones tells us as coaches, if you're not the best coach at your position, I don't want you on my staff. If you're not striving to be the best, I, don't, I can't have you on my staff. And uh, as a player, and uh, I think I think of Julio Jones is one of the top five receivers in the league. But uh, as a player, you gotta have that that mindset that I'm the best. And as a receiver, you got to have that mindset, can't nobody hold me, can't nobody stop me. And at the end of the day, I'm the best guy to get open. And uh, I totally respect what Julio Jones said. I can agree with it. I think uh, uh, A.J. Green is the best receiver in the, in the league right now. But uh, out, of, out of Cincinnati, and I'm a Steelers fan, but I think A.J. Green is the best receiver in the league right now. But he has to have that mindset every day. He has to have that mindset every day at all times. And, uh, That's the difference between the elite athletes and the professional athletes and then the common Joe watching TV on Sunday like myself. (laughs) That was a great question, Sonia. Great
2: answer, Coach Led. And, Coach, we're in June right now. You know, we're so close to college football. I know you're feeling it and I am, and I I really want to have you back on closer to the football season during the season like we did last year. And I got. A, I have a good feeling about what you guys are doing in Knoxville right now. I know my family's excited. They're big Tennessee fans, some of them, and and they just they really believe in you, your coaching staff, and the players. And it's been a long time since. I mean, last year it was like that, but it's been a long time, coach, since these Tennessee fans have have had this feeling. And I just want to thank you for giving that to them.
1: Oh well, we we're having a blast. Uh, we 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 have the best fans in the country and uh, we love Vol Nation, and uh, we're, we're, we're glad we got it fire back up. We got, we, got, uh, we got to do better than we did last year, of course, and we're heading in the right direction. And uh, we thank the Vol fans for, our, for their patience, and uh, we're going to keep striving every day. And uh, it's right around the corner. I mean, it's at our fingertips. We can feel it. We just need one or two more things to happen, and, uh, man, we're right there. And like uh, Coach John says, we're, we're assembling our national championship team right now. And uh, it's going to be here in the very near future. And uh, we're, we're, we're excited here at Rocky Top.
2: All right. Well, as Coach Derek Lett from the Tennessee Volunteers, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We look forward to uh, having you back on the show as a, as a featured guest. So good luck this season, and we'll be talking to you soon, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night.
2: You too. Go Vols. And weigh-in sports is going to cut the show tonight. uh Thanks, Sonia and Jason, for coming on. Cuervo had to leave us early. I wanted him to be able to ask some questions for Coach Lett. But, Sonia, great job with your questions for Coach Lett. We'll be back on the air Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and we'll be bringing you a lot of college football talk. But this man, Coach Lett, a is a great individual. He's a great man. And, man, these Tennessee fans are fired up and for good reason. So thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. We're, we're getting that going. It's hot and heavy on Twitter right now. A lot of updates going on. Trey does a good job with our Twitter. Join our Way In Sports Talk Facebook group and also our Pigskin Pride in uh, on Facebook. Get some advertisement there. A great college football discussion. If you want a discussion that's not just hypothetical uh, fantasy land questions, come join us. We'd, we'd love to have you. But until then, Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Uh have a great week, and we'll see you then.